I am addressing the question which is, uh, a lot of people have uh, asked me as to what is a Jewish attitude towards the global warming. So, I think it's a great question, but first and foremost, I have to say that A, I'm not a scientist, and B, I don't have all the facts in my possession. So I cannot really make an evaluation, uh, both because of ignorance of the facts and ignorance of the science, as to whether there is indeed a, uh, a problem of global warming. Maybe there is. It could be, and it seems to me likely that there is, but I just... Uh, I don't feel that I'm, I've got the expertise to either endorse or refute the idea. I'm leaving that to the experts and to the politicians, um, and obviously also to radio talk show hosts. Uh, but anyway, uh, how, uh, the question I want to address is on a more philosophical issue uh, or level. Do we have a responsibility to worry about the environment, to worry about the world, or should we say, um, as people who believe in God, that, look, this is anyway in the hands of God. Leave it to him. I'm sure he knows what's happening and what's doing. So I think uh, I should mention a few things. Number one, there is a Midrash, ancient Jewish source, that says that when God created the world and created the human being, Adam and Eve, he took them around the Garden of Eden. And he said to them, look at this garden, look at this world. He took them around the entire world, actually. He said, look at this world. Isn't it beautiful? And I'm sure they said, oh yeah, it's gorgeous, etc., etc. So uh, he showed them Israel, he showed them Australia, the two most beautiful places in the world, in, in the order, descending order. So uh, he showed them these places and they said, beautiful, yes, the world is gorgeous, etc., etc. And he showed them this beautiful world and then he said to them, yes, it is beautiful, but you have to make sure that you don't destroy it. The implication is that uh, the human has the capacity to destroy. That is what God says. In fact, uh, from various commandments of the Torah, it would appear that we are able to have an impact on our society, good and uh, on, on our environment, good or bad. Uh, if not so, it would not make sense for the Torah to give us commandments regarding the environment. So, for example... The, uh, the Torah tells us that you're not allowed to destroy fruit-bearing trees when you besiege a city, uh, which is known as the prohibition against Baal Tashchit. Do not, no, do not engage in wanton destruction. By wanton, I do not mean burning down Chinese restaurants. I mean wanton with an A. Uh, in any case, the, 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 and, and the oral law extends the prohibition not just to destruction of fruit trees, but also to a general uh, destruction uh, of anything. Which is, uh, which is good, anything which is, uh, uh, which will be a waste to destroy. And as the Sefer Achinuch, Book of Mitzvah Education says, to destroy even a mustard seed, uh, worth, which is a tiny, tiny amount worth of anything which is valuable to other people, to humanity, etc., is wrong. The Talmud says a person should not spill out the water of his cistern when there are other people who need it. This is absolutely, uh, prohibited. Uh, the, um, we find also that there are numerous laws about the protection of the environment in which we live, not to set up, uh, uh polluting industries, uh, in proximity to places where we live. There are, uh, rules, uh, in the, uh, Bible about the building of cities in Israel that require that around the cities there be strips, uh, what you might call nature strips. That's areas of land which are left in their natural state. Um, that left uh, not for agriculture, but just left natural. And then another strip around the city where there's agriculture. So 
uh, important. Obviously, the Torah considers it important that we should have a healthy, healthful, and complete environment. Uh, we believe also that the entire environment is interconnected to the human being. There's a very interesting blessing we say every morning. Blessed you, our God, King of the Universe, who has given the rooster wisdom to distinguish between day and night. Um, you have to ask yourself, that's not a blessing which is, you know, how, how many people say that blessing sincerely when they're woken up at four in the morning by a rooster? The only blessing I want to say when I'm woken up by a rooster, if that should ever happen, is the blessing al-mitzvat shchita, in other words, the blessing on shchita, which is the slaughter of an animal. But, no, frankly, uh, it's not something which makes sense to say a blessing about. So Rav Cook explains in his commentary on the Siddur, the blessing about the rooster is that we're making a blessing of the interconnection between nature and the human being, the natural environment and the human. The first manifestation of that to me is when I'm woken up for my day's work, for my work of service of God and for my work of growth, etc. But how am I woken up? By some other animal, uh, by, a, by a, a rooster, I don't mean a human is an animal, but by an animal, uh, a rooster. So there's an interconnection. The rooster crows, we might say, in order to wake me up. And my waking up as a result of that rooster is a beautiful interconnection. It's the tip of the iceberg of the incredible and vast interaction between uh, the human and the environment. We find, for instance, that the Torah says when you... Uh, uh, when you want to take uh, eggs from the nest of a bird, you must shoo away the mother bird. You cannot take the bird, the net, the eggs, and the mother bird. And the reason given by some of the commentaries is a very simple reason, because when you take the eggs, at least the mother bird is able to have more. If you take the mother bird, then the eggs can hatch. But if you take both, you have destroyed the producer and the product. So it is tantamount to a miniature destruction of a species, because that line, at least, you've destroyed. And in that sense, commentaries say that's what the reason behind the prohibition is, because God does not desire the extinction of any species in the world. He wants the whole... He created the world in such a way that everything interacts and everything's interconnected, and that's a very beautiful interconnection. And therefore... I think from these various laws we see that although, of course, we believe that everything is ultimately in the hands of God, but God has given us tremendous power and tremendous responsibility. The human being has the ability to create. The human being has the ability to destroy. And if there is indeed a concern about the environment because of what we are doing, then maybe we have to consider uh, our lifestyles. We have to maybe say, do I need a huge... Uh, vehicle uh, that consumes vast amounts of uh, gas and produces vast amounts of pollution, or can I get a can I you know can I get by with a safe uh, with a small vehicle, safe, economical, but a smaller vehicle? Uh, if I don't go off roading, I'm not exactly sure why I would need a Hummer, um, and so on and so forth. And I'd also like to just add a little bit of a rant here. Some uh, I think wacko group uh, suggested that last Hanukkah. Um, Jews should light one less candle so to in- decrease uh, greenhouse gases, etc. I have a better suggestion. My suggestion is that Jews should not drive one day a week, specifically Saturday. Right? If we imagine, if the Jewish people, if all the people of Israel uh, would not drive one way, one day a week, can you imagine what that would do for the environment? I mean, you would reduce, at least in Israel, you could reduce exhaust emissions by a good seventh. 
without any fancy technology, without any change in the type of fuel, without any change in the type of car, just by the observance of the Shabbat, think of the impact we can have on the environment. So here's a challenge to the folks out there. You're concerned for the environment? Make one day a walking day. Make Shabbat 24 hours. You only go to places where you can walk. No public transport, no motorized vehicles, no pollution. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, granted it's not the ideal reason to keep the Sabbath, but I think you'll enjoy the experience. And I think you'll enjoy not having to worry about parking, not having to worry about traffic, not having to worry about traffic jams. It's a beautiful experience. And it's only a little bit of the beauty of Shabbat. Thank you very much.